enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. What's up, everybody? This is Tyrone Sal. You're listening to the Truth With Ty podcast. And I am so excited today that you have stopped by once again to hear this series that we that I've been dealing with understanding Jesus or understanding the humility of Jesus and saying not just God we need Jesus because if we're going to make it if we're going to live forever we need him who is life and that is none other than Jesus Christ We have been looking at something and someone so amazing in this series. You know, it's okay for us to thank God, but we also have to understand that Jesus said that no man comes unto the Father but by me. So if we're going to make it to heaven, we need he who came down from heaven none other than Jesus Christ, our Lord. And in this series that I've been dealing with, understanding the humility or the the humility and humanity, actually, of Jesus, it's powerful to think how far we've come. We've looked at what Daniel has said, what Isaiah has said. And today, perhaps, as I Um, conclude this series with this installment part four actually understanding what John teaches us about who Jesus really is and we talked about last that John introduces this divine being as word when he said that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God And the word was God. You see, Jesus always existed with God as word or logos. And we understand this because when we sign papers, we are signing based on the words on the page. We use words to communicate what we mean. It's part of being created in the image of God, the Imago Dei, that we have the ability to communicate with our words. And so anytime when Jesus spoke or when God was speaking to men, even in the Old Testament, he spoke to them through his word. That's why when we read and say, and the word of the Lord came unto me, or the word of the Lord was upon me. This is Jesus speaking to men on behalf of God, Because he is God's expression to us. He is God's thought to us. He communicates for for God to us, not because he is less than God, but this is the way God has designed it for us to be able to have communion and fellowship with him. 
And I also talked last about how God has always desired to have a place of communion and fellowship with humanity from the very first book of the Bible. When Adam and God walked in the garden, it was Jesus walking in the garden, you know, and after, of course, the fall, the, the first question was, Adam, where are you? This is the word. This is Jesus. And so John helps us to understand that in the beginning, the word was there. He was with God. He had the most intimate union and communion with God. Not only was he with God, but he is God. See, and so the word always existed from eternity past, from as far back as our human mind can go. The word was there. Jesus was there. The Holy Spirit was there. The father was there. These three agree as one. These three being one God, but eternally existent in three person. Wow, that's powerful. So the eternal word was there. And Jesus said that no man has seen God at any time, but only he who was in the bosom of the father, he has declared him. So the word now who was with God, who is the son of God from heaven, this is powerful, became a man. Why? Because God loves us. Why? Because he loved the father and mankind enough to redeem us in simple terms. Think about it like this in simple terms. What some people don't grasp is that the Bible is one big love story. It's the father's love for his son to get him a bride. It's the son's love for the father and their love for mankind in the power of the Holy Spirit. See, whom we also receive once we place our faith for salvation in the eternal son of God. This is what Galatians four and verse six mean. And because we are sons and of course, daughters, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, whereby now we cry, Abba, Father. Wow. Think about that. Through faith in Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, we have redemption and forgiveness of sins and God becomes our father. See, and so now, like Jesus taught his disciples and apostles, he says, now when we pray, we can say our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Why? Because we have placed our faith in Jesus. And so no one has seen God at any time, but only the begotten God. This is Jesus who is in the bosom of the father. He has explained him or declared him. John 1 18. See, sometimes in the Bible, we are told that people saw God. Exodus 24, 9 through 11 highlights this for us. But then we are also told that no man can see God and live. Exodus 33 and 20. So what does this mean? That is in the full glory and pristine majesty. Nobody has seen God's glory like that. 
In fact, even in Isaiah, Isaiah, when he got a glimpse of it, he thought he was a dead man. John thought he was a dead man when he seen the power and the glory of God in the book of Revelation. Paul said he dwells in unapproachable light whom no man has seen. Listen to this or can see to whom be honor and eternal dominion forever. First Timothy six verse 16. Now, however, Christ has made him known. The word became flesh and blood. This is so amazing. That's why sometimes people don't understand the God of the Old Testament is the same God in the New Testament, in the person of his son, Jesus. What do we mean by that? That the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all God. Now, it's not three gods, but they are the same in essence and deity. But here it is. But they differ in function. That's what we that's what we don't highlight sometimes. Jesus, the word who was with God always and forever in eternity, along with the Holy Spirit, said that I will go and put on humanity. Watch it now and become the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. So now in Jesus, the invisible God is visible. Listen, in his actions, character and words. So now through Jesus, we can understand and see how God moves, how he operates, what he would say. Since God has so graciously done this for us. Now, when we read through the narratives of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, we can better understand the word, who who it is and learn of God. This is amazing. I hope this is blessing you today. So now the God man, Jesus Luke 2:52 says increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and men. What does this mean? When the divine son became a man, he experienced life the same way we do in his humanity. Now he matured intellectually. Think about this. That that's the wisdom over time. He grew physically. What is that? That's the stature. He experienced growth the same way any boy would do. And notice now there is no confusion about Jesus understanding he is a boy growing into a man. Okay. There was no no confusion in his mind at any time. He always knew who he was, who his father was, and that he was growing into a man and he was carrying out the father's mission here on earth. Wow. You remember the story when they were journeying back home and Jesus was not found among them. And when uh, Mary and his father, according to 
earthly, his stepfather um, found him. He asked, they said, why have you done this to us? And then Jesus replies, he says, why were you searching for me? Don't you know I must be about my father's business? You see, see, so he understood he he was growing into the mission that God had given him and he was carrying it out even from an early age. This is so amazing. See, and so he grew, he grew intellectually in his wisdom. He grew in stature. This is physically. He experienced growth. And then it says he grew spiritually. Now, this is amazing. How could God, the son of God, grow spiritually? Well, it says in favor with God. Why? Because now in his humanity, he grows in favor with God by his obedience. Come on to the will of God. Did you know we can grow in favor with God when we obey him? We can we grow in favor. A lot of people try to make this something, you know, religious, you know, something special. And don't get me wrong. It is special. If you are a child of God, if you are born again, you are special in the sight of God. But there are a lot of people that God that they do not have their his favor, even though they are believers, because perhaps they live uh, underneath their privilege as carnal Christians. But the Bible says that Jesus grew in favor with God in his humanity, in his mission as a man. Jesus grew, grew in favor with God by his obedience. See, and then finally, Luke also says he grew socially. What is it mean? in favor with God and men? Now, we understand everybody didn't like Jesus. Even today, everybody doesn't like Jesus. But but Luke is helping us understand the humanity of the son of God, that he is God and man. Jesus experienced life the same way we do. He did not depend. Let's go to the next step on his deity to sustain him. Now, what do I mean by that? Now, he was always divine, but during his his ministry, he depended on the father. Listen, in the power of the Holy Spirit to lead him. We understand the temptation of Jesus the 40 days of praying and fasting. And then he returns, the Bible says, in the power of the Holy Spirit to begin his ministry. See, so that he could be a faithful and merciful high priest to gain eternal life for all who believe in him. If you are a believer, did you know that the humanity and humility of Jesus ought to have us ought to teach us how to get along with one another. It's, it's a sad, it's a sad commentary today that people who claim to know Jesus cannot get along. Paul said that, you know, we should do good unto all men, especially those who are of the household of faith. This is what is meant in Philippians 2, 6 through 11. And, you know, I read this here before and I won't read it today. You can, you know, write it down and look it up. 
it is because Christ did for us. Think about this, folks. He did for us something that we could not do for ourselves. He he saved us and he loved us. And this salvation and this love, when we really understand who he is and what he has done, ought to teach us compassion for others. Think about it. He existed as God. But was found in appearance, the scripture says, as a man and became a servant to all mankind by dying on a cross. And the Bible says even the death of the cross. Why? Because this was a a, a foolish thing to do. This is why the Bible said that it was a stumbling block to the Jewish people, because how could their Messiah die? This was socially embarrassing. How could a king die? Oh, but that's exactly what he did. He died on the cross for us. Let me ask you a question. When is the last time you died for someone? I mean, maybe not physically, but when, when, you know, when have you took the low road out? When have you, when have we allowed the Holy Spirit to humble us that someone else can benefit for a long time? And think about this. Jesus took away the sin of the world for all time, once and for all. The Hebrew writer says after he purged our sin, he sat down. Oh, if you understood what this is, what this is really teaching us, uh, it would just bless your heart because there was never a time when the high priest could sit down. He was always laboring, always cutting, always offering sacrifice. But the son of God himself in his humanity, he came, he showed us, he taught us what what it means to really serve God and walk in obedience to to our heavenly father. And he sat down. And now the Bible says that he sits at the right hand of the father. Check this now. Listen to this now making intercession for us. You see, this this is where we're at. Jesus died for our sins, rose again. And now he is at the right hand of the father on high. Guess what? Waiting for the father to release him to come and receive his bride forever. Oh, you see, this is part of a grand plan. This is why the Bible is so powerful. That's why the devil works so hard to turn us away from the word of God, because if he turns us, if he can turn us away from the word of God, he can turn us away from the Lord himself. You see, this is a part of a master plan that the father has for us to give us eternal life. And this life is in his son. That's why I'm sharing this with you. That's why I wanted people to understand the humanity of Christ. When we asked ourselves, who is Jesus? Jesus is the son of God from heaven. He is God himself. And he came to bring us freedom. Oh, this is so powerful. See, and whether we admit it or not, and I'm almost done when I tell you, 
fallen men need a savior. No matter what we try to do, no matter what we try to handle, it's good when we try to help people and change rules. And, you know, you've heard me say it before and reform this and reform that. But that's not what the Bible teaches us. That's humanity trying to do something on their own. No, mankind cannot save themselves. We cannot save ourselves. We need a savior. And that is exactly who Jesus is. He is the savior. Once again, when he announces his birth is announced, the angel tells Mary to name him Jesus. Why? For he shall save his people from their sins. You see, Jesus is the savior. He is the Messiah. He is the savior of the Jewish people. He is the light unto the Gentiles. He is absolutely the savior of the world. And folks, listen, there is no science. There is no technology that can save a soul. Jesus said, what will a man give in exchange for his soul? And think about it. How much would it cost? How long would it take? Why? Why would we wait? People say only God can judge me. You know, we have our they have their doubts about who Jesus is. And guess what? At the end of the day, when you die, that's who's going to judge you. It's going to be Jesus. He's going to be there. All of us have have to give an account for our lives to Jesus. So why? Why must we wait? Why wait? How long? What what does it take? What else do we need to see? Why wait when you can come today? As I close this series out, understanding the humanity of Jesus, not just God. We need Jesus. And that's exactly who God sent us. He sent us his one and only son, that classic. Ever powerful living truth. That for God so loved the world, Jesus said, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him, whoever, think about that. No matter, it doesn't matter what you've done, where you've come from, high, low, Jesus loves you. God loves you. And whoever believes in him can be saved and have eternal life. If that's you today, I don't know. I don't know who's who's listening to this, where you're at. But I pray that if that's you today, you're just a prayer way. All you have to say is, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner, but I believe you are the Savior. Forgive me of my sins. I repent. Come into my heart today. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And help me live for you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. That's all it takes. It's just that simple. But it's simply profound. Listen, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, welcome to the family of God. God is in you now by the person of his Holy Spirit. I know you may say to yourself, well, I don't feel anything. You know, don't worry about that. It's not about feelings, it's about faith. And what I want you to do is to begin to read your Bible 
Start in the book of John. Start in this very book of John. You go back and listen to this series. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you find a Bible-believing church from Genesis to Revelations. Hey, and guess what? I'm praying for you. Until next time, my friends, always understand the world needs Jesus, who is God. My friends, take care and remember, let the truth be told.